I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. With big swords, flashy ray guns, and even a microscopic world ender, Star Trek's devised some pretty horrifying ways to kill its characters over the years. Let's take a look at the juiciest. I'm Marcus Bronzy, this is Trek Culture, and here are... 10 of the most powerful weapons in Star Trek. Number 10. The Sword of Kaelas. The first ever Batleth ever forged, the Sword of Kaelas was a revered item to the Klingon people. It held the same significance in their history as the Holy Grail holds to humans. It was used by Kaelas to instigate the founding of the First Empire and then held in worship following the leader's death. The item was stolen by the Herc during their invasion of Kronos with many fake cropping up over the years. However, in 2372, a Vulcan survey team discovered a tattered piece of the shroud that covered it on the planet in the Gamma Quadrant. Master Core recruited Worf and Dax to help him find it. The true danger of the weapon became apparent once they and Toral, son of Duras, met on the distant planet. The cultural significance of the blade was enough to drive even the closest of friends apart, as evidenced when Core and Worf came to blows. All three of them feared that if it were to return to Chrono, the civil war would not be long in following. Whilst it may physically be the least dangerous on this list, it symbolically has the power to destroy a world. Number 9. The Stone of Gold The Stone of Gold was a devastating weapon that used the power of negative and dark emotions back against their victim. It was a psionic resonator taking these feelings and turning them into a virus that destroyed the target. As deadly as that weapon was, it was revealed over time to have one major weakness. It had been designed on Vulcan during the time of the awakening. While Surak was beginning to preach total logic to the rest of his species, the early rage-filled Vulcans used this weapon to assert their dominance. However, Surak's followers quickly discovered that they had a way to circumvent the stone's power. If the target was able to empty their mind completely of any negative thoughts, the weapon became useless against them. The weapon was designed with these weaknesses emblazoned on the side. Pictograms represented the early Vulcan gods with a symbol of peace in between them. This allowed Captain Picard to discover the way to defeat the weapon once he came across it. The Vulcan isolationist movement had sought the pieces of the stone out to assemble this deadly weapon. Instead, they effectively handed it wholesale to the Vulcan authorities who assured Picard it would quickly be destroyed. Number 8. The TR-116 Rifle The Dominion War forced Starfleet to begin experimenting with advanced weapons research, propelling the field further than even the conflicts with the Klingons, Romulans and the Borg. 
One such innovation designed for ground assaults was the TR-116 rifle. Unlike the standard phaser rifle that Starfleet utilised, this weapon was designed to fire a projectile. This had proven effective against the Borg shielding and would also allow the weapon to be used where energy dampeners were in place. The rifle featured prominently in Field of Fire, a seventh season episode of Deep Space Nine. By attaching a microtransporter to the nozzle of the gun, a Vulcan who had been driven mad by his grief had been able to murder people from a distance, leaving no trace of himself behind. This was a cold, brutal method of execution as anyone on the station could be the next target. Using the same weapon against him, Esri Dax, assisted by her former host Joran, was able to neutralise the killer. The weapon never went into full production despite the obvious tactical advantages this offered. It was a step too far for Starfleet to take, though thankfully the war ended soon after that. Number 7. Jem'Hadar Disruptors The Jem'Hadar were the foot soldiers of the Dominion and they proved themselves time and time again to be a deadly army. While their vessels were outfitted with weapons that could punch through the shields of a galaxy-class ship with ease, their handheld disruptors were more insidious. Though they carried knives for close combat, it was their pulse rifles that were the worst. Surviving an initial shot from one of these weapons was not a guarantee you actually live, as Crewman Moon is discovered in 2373. Whilst investigating a crashed Jem'Hadar vessel, he was shot by a soldier as his away team retreated. Despite days of keeping his strength up, the engineer died anyway deeply affecting both Chief O'Brien and Commander Worf. Worf would later have another encounter with these weapons as he and Dax attempted to smuggle a Cardassian informant back to the Federation. Dax was shot and there was an anticoagulant in the discharge that prevented her wounds from clotting. She was effectively bleeding to death, slowly, whilst Worf was forced to carry on alone. Unable to lose her, he turned back and he managed to get her to survive, but... Cisco informed him that his decision meant that he would never be offered a command of his own, even if he did sympathise with Worf's reasons. Number 6. The Varanty Disruptor The Varanty Disruptor was a nasty piece of technology of which only five were ever produced. Whilst it looked like it tore away at its victims like a regular phaser would on its full setting, what it actually was doing was tearing you apart at a molecular level, leaving you in unbearable agony in your final moments. Four of the five weapons were owned by Kiva Fajo, an amoral collector of rare artefacts. He faked Data's death in a bid to add that android to his collection, yet failed to anticipate how earnestly he would attempt to escape. Data was aided in his efforts by a once loyal disillusioned member of Fajo's crew. On discovery of her treachery, Fajo toyed with her momentarily before taking aim and firing. She died a horrible death, eliciting what might have been Data's first emotional decision. He trained the weapon on Fajo, calculating that leaving the man alive will result in more suffering. He began to fire at the same instant that the Enterprise beamed him away. It's unclear if he knowingly lied to Riker and O'Brien, claiming that the weapon had discharged during transport. Number 5. Thaleron Radiation Generators Because of its lethality, Thaleron research was banned in the Federation. For a long time, it was considered only to be theoretical until 2379 when it was used by Shinzen in Star Trek Nemesis as part of his plot to overthrow the Romulan Empire and conquer the Federation. Thaleron radiation was deadly to living tissue, even in microscopic amounts. Devising a delivery method that would cover a smaller confined space was the trick here. This was a small generator planted by a fellow conspirator which 
which would spread by means of cascading biogenic pulses. Shinzen employed an ally within the Romulan Senate itself to deliver an attack using it. The device looked relatively harmless as it opened, allowing a small green field to rise before it fired a burst of particles up into the ceiling. The radiation affected everybody in the Senate chamber, turning their bodies into a dust-like substance, similar to vampires turning into ash. In one move, an entire government had been assassinated. That's deadly. Number 4. Tantulus Field This fearsome weapon could make the owner's enemies disappear in an instant. Its existence was a closely guarded secret, known only to Captain James T. Kirk of the ISS Enterprise and his mistress. It was she who suggested turning it against the captain's enemies, unaware that he had been replaced by his Prime Universe counterpart. Kirk's enemies had a tendency to vanish, which had allowed him to gain a reputation of notoriety. He was in for a nasty shock once both the Mirror and the Prime Kirks returned to their homes. Before leaving, Prime Kirk informed Spock of the machine. He claimed that with it, the Vulcan could affect real change in the Empire. And this almost made it into Star Trek lore. Apparently, an abandoned story for Star Trek Enterprise would have revealed that the field didn't simply make people disappear, but transported them through time. The crew of Enterprise would have discovered that the Mirror Kirk had been transported by Spock to the mid-2100s, which would have allowed for William Shatner to guest on the series. Unfortunately, the idea like Enterprise, was scrapped. Number 3. Houdini Mines These nasty mines were used by the Dominion and the Federation during the siege of AR-558. The massive relay station was the only reason for Starfleet to fortify their position on the captured planet in the Chintoka system. Unfortunately, the entire area was populated with these horrors. They were impossible to detect because they spent their time pre-detonation in subspace. They would wait until something triggered them. By the time that Cisco arrived with the crew of the Defiant, that trigger was still a mystery to the soldiers in place. Esri Dax and Lieutenant Kellen discovered a way to find them though, and that led to a massacre. To Dax's horror, Sisko requested that the mines be moved rather than disarmed. He wanted to use them against the Jem'Hadar forces, which recon scouts had discovered were far greater in numbers than the Starfleet ones. He also requested that they be triggered by movement, but not just any movement, but lots of movement, which would give the enemy time to surround themselves by mines before the explosions began. The plan worked and was probably the reason that Starfleet holds its position on the planet. Thankfully, it is the last time that these weapons are ever used. Number 2. Vidian Organ Harvester the Vidians are a tragic race. For centuries, they excelled at both art and science. According to Dr. Denara Pell, they were once a peaceful species who never sought battle with anyone. But the phage came roughly 2,000 years before they were encountered by Voyager and their existence splintered. The disease destroyed their DNA, flesh and organs. Every single Vidian was afflicted with the illness, so the grim decision was made to continue their race by any means necessary. Thus, the organ harvester was invented. This gruesome weapon could fire like a standard phaser, yet its beam would also serve to extract the victim's internal organs. It would then store the organs in a suspended animation for a short time before they could be implanted in a new host. The process was irreversible and more often than not deadly. Neelix was the first member of Voyager's crew to run afoul of this as both of his lungs were stolen by a Vidian scientist. On that occasion, despite everything, that same scientist was able to help Neelix in a way by transferring one of Kez's lungs to him by using the same weapon. On another occasion, one of Voyager's crew didn't fare so well. The ship was overrun and almost every crew member fell victim to these devices. Only Harry Kim and Naomi Wildman were saved. Even that was by evading the Vidians rather than fighting them. Number 1. 
Borg nanoprobes. The Borg are the vampires of Star Trek. They're incredibly powerful, though it's how they transform their victims that lands them there. The Borg nanoprobes are microscopic pieces of technology that are injected into a living being, quickly swarming through their blood vessels to change their cells into Borg ones. From there, it is a matter of moments until a new drone has been born. Whilst the most common form of infection is the tubes that eject from the hands of drones, nanoprobe bombs and viruses have also been deployed. These are designed to infect large numbers of people at the same time, assimilating entire worlds and crews with far more efficiency. There are a few things more terrifying than a fleet of Borg cubes hovering over your world simply waiting for weapons to take effect. They are highly adaptable. They have, in fact, been used by Starfleet on several occasions to help rather than destroy. When Ensign Harry Kim was infected by a member of Species 8472 with a pathogen that was eating him alive, the Doctor was able to rewire nanoprobes to save his life. These were then upgraded to become the only viable weapon against the malevolent species. Despite their periodic uses for good, these machines remain some of the most resilient, deadly weapons in the Star Trek universe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 